Oh, I am so glad this is the last one we have to do. We've gone through all the Grey's Anatomy's episodes there are, and this is it. Uh, you, you know there's more in this season, right? There were two Grey's Anatomy episodes total, right? It, it failed because people said, this is a stupid show and it's never going anywhere, right? You're so right. cute when you're stupid. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, honey, you agreed. Oh. Welcome to a hard gray's night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John. McSteamy Walter. <laughs> and we are here to talk to you about Grey's Anatomy. Yes, Grey's Anatomy. We're no, going to talk about Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Yep, oh, yep. God, more Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. Can't stand Everyone watching Grey's, Grey's Anatomy. Anatomy. So, uh... um, anyway, so um, <laughs> I want to point out, by the way, the McSteamy. Uh, I, I, I actually came up with that years before the show, uh, before, uh, you know, yeah, the, the you, character. You, That's so because I was, I was actually starting a fast food place called McSteamy's, which would be just nothing but steamed meats, you know, served on steamed buns with steamed ketchup. I, you know, I remember you talking about that, actually, and I actually thought it was called McStewie's. No, that that was students. That was actually a completely different failed restaurant idea oh. that actually involved a lot of organ meat. Ew. We don't need to get oh God, he got the dog angry. <laughs> he By the way, to... this is this episode has a lot of first appearances, both in the podcast and in the episode. This is the first appearance of our hideous growling dog Sparky. Uh, he appears a lot on our other podcast. Um, yes, and if you haven't heard or are not following that podcast, that is a match made in space. We talk about the '80s movies of our childhood. Wow, wow, we're dropping in commercials early. Huh? Well, we you know. We usually sell it at the end. Well, you know, the, it's been sponsored. By I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Anyone who's who's hearing this right now, if they you know, pro- probably found it from our other podcast. So, so anyway, this is season. Two. This is season, season one, one, episode two. two. The first cut is the deepest, yes. named after the uh, Cat Stevens song, who famously covered by Sheryl Crow, and also apparently covered by Rod Stewart, in which I'm guarantee is probably the, my least favorite. I mean, it version. probably sounds like he swallowed glass and then <laughs> sang it. <laughs> God is the teeth. Oh my god, that, Wait, that's that more like a Tom Crow. Hurts. That's more like a Tom Waits. A Tom, Tom Crow. Crow. <laughs> Tom, Tom Crow. Tom Crow is my <laughs> favorite robot on Mystery Science Theater when they fell into the, the, the Brundlefly machine. <laughs> um, so uh, the episode was uh, written by Shonda Rhimes and directed by Peter Horton. Um, and it was it directed is, by Peter Horton again? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. He yeah, must it's, have taken a few um, of the Original air date, April 3rd, right. 2005. And I, I'd like to start a new se- uh, a new segment, mm. uh, you know, like since the se- second episode of the show had a lot of firsts, yeah. I think we should start some uh, some new traditions. As uh, most people probably already know, um, especially if you actually like Grey's Anatomy, and again, I'm sorry if you do, um, for you, um, but all Grey's Anatomy episodes are, of course, named after a piece of popular music of some sort. Um, this one being, again, the Cat Stevens song, although I mainly know it as a show crow song. And this is a brief section where we speak about what we know about the song and whether or not we like it or not. Right. The actual song the episode is based on. You go first, Allie. Oh, so I actually haven't heard the Cat Stevens version. I, I suspect I would like it a lot better than the Cheryl Crow version. He does change the gender, or she did change the gender. Right. You know. But my point is that it's one of those songs like the Dawson Creek song that gets in my head and I want to take a pencil, and shove it in my brain. And you don't want to wait for our lives to be over. No, I want to <laughs> shove it in my brain and, and scoop it out with the lead. So I don't like this song, 
because it gets in it's a worm it's a what is it a Earworm worm. that Ear gets worm. in my brain, and I went, "Oh my god, I'm gonna literally." You throw see, the thing is, it gets in your head, and then you realize it laid eggs. Oh my god, <laughs> right, you're the worst dog. The worst uh, dog so ever. anyway, my opinion of this song is yes, I I can't stand this song. I I maybe Cat Stevens might do it better for me, but I I have a really big problem with the premise of this song, which is I was hurt once in romance, and that's the worst hurt, and I'm ne- it's gonna make romance, you know, like I'm gonna try to get back with you to to get with you, but I've been hurt before blah 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 it's like no you know that's not how romance works no. your, fir- your first broken heart is probably in hindsight the easiest that's, that's a shallow cut compared to like the later life's gonna kick you in the teeth youngsters if you haven't been, if you haven't been yet love sucks just saying that right now I'm, talk- I'm talking to someone who's mostly happily married and has been for six years love sucks Welcome to the Angry Podcast by John Walter. Look, if there's anything Grey's Anatomy has taught us, it's that relationships last less than a season, and then something bad happens, usually involving death or betrayal. This is true. Well, in this episode, Meredith uh, draws the line. She draws an imaginary line. There are many lines that are drawn. There's a lot of reference to lines Like she drew drew lines in the shape of a roommate notice, which is how the episode starts. Yes, exactly. And she put it up there looking for roommates. And um, we we now know that as a First, we see uh, Christina Yang uh, riding a motorcycle, and uh, nearly a last. I don't know if we ever see it. It comes yeah. again. But yeah, but but like the Yang rides the around. On a, it's not really a motorcycle; it's a scooter. Oh, but, sorry. Yeah, but like 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 yeah, like. A I feel like we're, I feel like we're gonna be in Pulp Fiction. You're gonna be like, it's a chopper. Like, I'm sorry, I don't know all the names. I'm just saying it's. I'm just saying it's not really a motorcycle. It's sort of a meep meep little thing, you know. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's not a hog. Like ve- so it's like a Vespa. Yeah, kind of, but I think it's just like a mopedy kind of thing. I don't mm-hmm. think it's even a Vespa, you know. There's no mods riding around on it. So, um, you know, like, and, yeah, I feel like that whole, uh, you know, like, Yang rides a Yang rides a bike of whatever type it is, that that does get complete, like, that, that's, that's definitely a dropped thread. And we also see another character that was much more important in the early days of the series, but you don't really see anymore, which is, of course, the fairy. You know, the Seattle fairy. The, oh, the, the Puget Sound Fairy or whatever sorry, it is. I don't know I what. I was literally like. You were thinking like, like the Tooth Fairy? Yes. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember. When did I pass out in the middle of this episode? Because I don't remember the fairy. She yeah, certainly doesn't come back. So, um, yeah. Also, um, I, yeah, I have it, to say that one of my favorite moments um, is when, when uh, Meredith starts interviewing people. Well, interviewing, I say in quotes, uh, like in between yeah. patients. Um, people are wanting to see her post about the roommates and they start asking about joining and it's in a little montage moments but her her test i think was actually kind of brilliant considering if you do it's kind of brilliant if you're basically over the age of 35 right and i guess over the age of 25 when the show was uh but also like i i do appreciate it because uh because it actually is a callback to our our star trek yeah, I was going to say, like, we really need to not talk about the, the tragic Challenger disaster as often as we do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that was her test. Was she asked the, the person who really wanted to... Man, dude, dude. I know you're, I, I understand that you don't think man was allowed in space, dog, but quit growling at me. <laughs> so she asks uh, the whoever, intern, nurse, whoever was it, asks for the, the, the space... Uh, or the, the to be a roommate, and she says, "Where were you?" She's like, "No, you're not. You're not qualified." And she says, "Well, how do you know?" She's like, well, "Where were you when the Challenger exploded?" And she's like, the, "I'm sorry, the what?" And she said, and she explains it. She's like, "I think I was in like kindergarten." She's like, "Exactly," which I just thought was a very funny. Yeah, whatever, moment. Meredith. Yeah, whatever. You know, like, but like, I will say, um, 
I do think I, I question because obviously she doesn't want like George and Izzy are like you know we 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 need places to live right. we have shitty places and blah blah blah. I kind of question Meredith's like thought process and this goes back to Meredith is terrible. Um, so she won't let these people that she knows become a roommate because she wants a roommate that she doesn't know she very well strangers. and she doesn't work with. Yeah. But then she, the only place she apparently put an ad up is at the bulletin hospital. board at her hospital. Like, she's going to work with these people. Meant, no, I think what she meant were, were strangers that aren't, she's not spending all the time with. Them right. I, I, interns that's in possible. Group, but the especially fact, the interns that the, you're the with the same is, resident. The fact is she's going to have sex with a lot of these people. She's going to, you know, like, well, the, you know, like, it's it's going to, there's absolutely no, like, you can defend her all you want. I, I just think Meredith is being insane, you know, and that's part of, like, Meredith is always wrong first before she's right. Okay. Like she is, she makes mistakes, and I would say that humanizes her. But fuck her, she's always wrong. Most people are right occasionally. Like she's just terrible always. Her first instinct is to be bad. I will tell you that <laughs> we do not watch one episode of Grey's Anatomy without literally there. I I, I wish I had. I, we should start the hashtag. The hashtag that Meredith's terrible. Meredith, Meredith is terrible. terrible. That is John's just go-to. We turn on the because show. Because she's terrible. And Meredith is terrible. That is just what he says. Well, so if she would stop being terrible, I would stop talking about how terrible <laughs> Meredith is. So, you know, so, so then we, we, we pretty much bang right into, very quickly, you know, we get, we get uh, my favorite part of any episode of Grey's Anatomy, which unfortunately it's largely gone as people have gotten better and... You know, and, and she's ranks. and she's moved up in ranks herself. But Bailey chewing out these turds over them being just inept is it's it's my it's my bliss. If you're gonna follow your bliss, my bliss my bliss is Miranda Bailey telling these jerk offs how terrible they are at their jobs and how awful they are and we, how they should quit. Folks, we have a new hashtag, the Bailey Bliss. <laughs> I don't know. No, no. The Bailey Bliss is actually what I call my Irish uh, Irish cream and cheesecake. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so um, then we move. Then we we do see. uh, Yeah, I do love Bailey. Bailey, I actually put a little heart Bailey. Heart Bailey. Little heart Bailey. Um, We see the ferry boat, which is really like it kind of becomes a major cast member. The ferry boat. I I feel like Derek and the ferry basically date each other almost as much as Meredith and the ferry. Yeah, uh, and Derek. Derek. You know, end up dating each other. Meredith. And and we we learn that like you know this is the like it's kind of like you know like that moment you know when you you first meet someone you love because he's like oh ferry boats. I didn't even know I liked them, you know, is what Derek says. And it's like, it's kind of like, you know, it's like I was just reading the old Popeye, a collection of old Popeye comic strips of Thimble Theater, actually. It's not, the strip wasn't even called Popeye, Mm -hmm. you know, where he was introduced. And there's this little two panel sequence where Olive Oil, who's known him for like a month and thought he was an idiot, suddenly goes, you know, he's kind of a tough man. If he wasn't so ugly, you know, I'd consider it. And, you know, it's like that little moment where it's like the beginning of a great romance. That little moment where he's like, I kind of like fairies. It's like, oh, there's your greatest romance of the show, Derek. Yep. Your love of fairies. Yep. (laughs) You know, and and he talks about how like he's a New Yorker and he never thought he'd like any place other than New York. And, and Allie and I already had like an argument about this, but I, I get the feeling like they present Derek... Like, at this point, he's like, there's no other place I love more than Manhattan. They present Derek as, like, the ultimate New Yorker man. And within, like, 40 seconds, I feel like, you know, not in this episode, but, like, within 40 seconds, it feels like, on the overall grand scheme of things, geologically... Derek is suddenly Mr. Outdoorsman, fly fisherman, living okay. on a living in a trailer and okay. I just I have hunting to, and cooking his own fish I have and to, meat. And, I have to step in here. Okay? You can step in and be wrong. I'm going to step in here. I, no, he, he's presented in this episode like he's Woody Allen. There's no like oh, I live in New York and I occasionally you, I occasionally you travel. Assumed that. No, no, no. I no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you. Yes, New Yorkers may like go up to the Hamptons or wherever. 
you know, or whatever, you know, they could afford. But, you know, I just, I'm sorry. New Yorker, I know there are places you can fly fish in the New York area, but he's not just a fly fisherman or a guy. He's not a weekender. He's like, he's obsessed with it. There's no way someone as obsessed with the outdoors as Derek has is presented in fall and upcoming seasons would deign to live in New York. He would be out of New York so fast. He'd be like, you know what? I grew up in New York, but I love the outdoors. That's why I practice medicine in bumfuckville with the huge, beautiful, like salmon spawning rivers or whatever. Like he's just, he's not a New Yorker. Derek is never a New Yorker in this show. He's never once. I know New Yorkers. You know New Yorkers. You grew up with them. And you know for a good goddamn fact that none of the people who are, live in New York act like Derek does about the outdoors all the time. Okay. You know, he's never not thinking. Like, he is repairing a brain in the back of his head. He's thinking, I could be tying a fly instead of this guy's skull. You know he's thinking that. That's my, that's my piece, and I sit by it. All right. I stand by it, but that involves getting up. Hashtag New York rant. Um, Stop making hashtags. This isn't 2000. So then, 10. So they're, 2000, there were no hashtags. They're standing, they're, so they're standing in the elevator and they talk about the line That's being what she drawn does. They, and then, yeah, and I, I was thinking like it's like an episode of I Love Lucy with an imaginary line down the middle of the elevator. Yeah, literally. And so and then, of course, they start making out. And she. this is the thing that bothered me. And this happens in a lot of, uh, you know, dr- dramas of that are like they don't quite know where they're going. Is it going to be a rom-com? Is it going to be a drama? We don't quite know where we're doing. And And... They're still finding their sea legs in this, haha, <laughs> ferry boats. Um, but but nobody drops files of patient documents on the oh, ground yeah. like it's no big deal. I'm gonna like say they this, just the, all spill out of your hands. This You'd is be not freaking the hell out if that happened. This is not, you know, only Grey's Anatomy. This isn't no, specific this to Grey's is, Anatomy. Right, exactly. But Grey's Anatomy is a huge, huge guilt like haver in this. In that the way they make people make out in Grey's Anatomy is they go from zero to like second base. Yeah. There is never a buildup and it is always like they're like in a public place. They're like people are like they didn't do it in this one. But like throughout the run of the series, I'm sure we could make a list of all the times (laughs) someone's shirt comes off almost instantly. Well, the guy's shirt because, you know, it's TV. Girl's shirt sometimes that she's wearing a bra. But, you know, the fact is. You kind of got a build to clothes taking off with everyone I've ever made out with that wasn't involving so much alcohol. You know, like if you're making out at work behind like in, in like the supply cabinet, I'm pretty sure you don't whip your clothes off the moment. Don't, the moment. Don't you know they're pumping passion through the through the airways Wait, in that the Starbucks tea? That's kinda, <laughs> so so the place smells like hibiscus yeah, and everything's dyed everybody, a little red. Everybody but, has to like. Rip their clothes off. It, yeah, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. And oh, and when and and they make a very they they you have uh, to 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 bring a running uh, bit we do from the other uh, the other podcast. Uh, you get Chekhov's shoes when Meredith yes. goes. Meredith has these incredibly like noticeable leopard leopard print <laughs> shoes that she puts in her locker, and the camera lingers on them lovingly. Just one second too long, you know. So and then you see like so that so that you'll set up for uh, a woman they. They make it clear uh, a woman is wheeled in and she's wearing the shoes. She uh, had been wearing the shoes. Had yeah. been wearing no, the, the shoes were. Oh no, no, they're, they're right. like they were off to the side in like the personal effects. And this woman has been, and let's just yeah, know, to, just bring take it, up. it a little more seriously for a moment. This woman has been severely beaten because of an attempted rape. And as they're repairing her, you know, like the you know they're 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 noting like that she, like the, her, her nails are torn and tattered, tattered she, like she's fought, she back. fought back. And then Derek says, "Well, it looks like she won because the rape kit came back negative." 
you know, and then they're, they, they, you know, and they're finding this obstruction in the stomach and like they pull it like Burke. Once again, the cardiothoracic surgeon is working on her stomach. Um, but Burke, uh, Burke pulls out something and it's not really shown. It's, it's shown very blurry uh, for yeah. obvious reasons. Um, and Meredith immediately recognizes it as a partially digested piece of penis because um, apparently she bit off her attacker's uh, wang-a-dang-dang. Uh, I believe the correct term is wang dang doodle. Uh, his ho- his hog, like just 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 like the snout of the hog. She got the snout of his hog and just trimmed it right off. Um, and so I'm a twelve year old boy. I'm laughing at. I hope you're not a twelve year old boy because otherwise the FBI is going to be coming for me. Um, especially since we have a child together. Um, so uh, by the way, the dog ripped through my. My notes. No, that's amazing. Like the dog attacked your notes. Wow. Attacked my notes. He, he has Plato teeth. He hated this. No, he with his nails. Okay. He, yeah. Oh. Anyway, so right after yeah, this, right after this, basically, that's when we get our our the the another first. Yes. We get the terrible first season opening oh credits. Oh God. These uh, credits which are you get the, the you get the uh, the the Grey's Anatomy theme, which, which is, is still well, cozy. the theme is still the same. It's cozy, co- cozy, cozy in the rocket. Cozy in the rocket by Psap. Yeah. <laughs> by Psap. <laughs> But um, it's uh, but in the first season it still has lyrics. Yes. You know, it's like nobody knows. You know, but and also the the credits are like this, like it's people getting ready for surgery, but also getting ready for a date. And it's so it's, weird. It's just it's like it's it's they hadn't decided the show wasn't gonna just be a fun romp. Yeah. You know that they were gonna focus a lot more on like people getting beaten after a sexual assault yeah. than, you know, people having fun shoes. You know? I mean, literally, it's a sur- it's a, it's about interns, you know, in their first year of, you know, being interns. And this is what I wrote down about the opening credits. Getting sexy dressed. Sexy dressed. Sexy dressed. <laughs> uh, cosmos. Oh, my God, you're and, right. And sexy legs oh my God, they were the bed. They were like, totally trying to make this like kind of like a sex in the city yeah. meets ER, but they failed. They failed. You're right. The where they were right, because like Meredith it. would have been the Carrie? Is yeah. that the character? Because she's, she's the narrator. Right, and yeah, and he even has that shitty yes, sex in the city narration. Exactly. That I hate. God, I hate narration. I, I love narration, and I also hate it. Yeah. I love narration in shitty noirs. Christina Yang is the Cynthia Nixon character. Okay, I guess so, whatever that. And uh, I guess George would be the... Um, the, 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 the they are not the the blonde the brunette one. George would be the brunette. Oh probably. yes. Uh, um, what's her name? I can't remember right now. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I guess I guess that makes Izzy the Samantha, but she's not particularly slutty. No, I think I think uh, I think Derek's the Samantha. That whore. Yeah. No. no. I thought it was Alex. Alex. Alex, Alex yeah. would be the Samantha. Alex would be the Samantha. I guess. I guess. I guess Izzy's one of the gay friends. Yeah. Maybe. I, I don't so, know. So so um, this is the first. I time guess the analogy really fell apart. Yeah. Pretty. We we, we started <laughs> off see, strong. Here's the problem: if Grey's Anatomy can't fit into the four elements, you know, like like well, I'll say that the, like shows with four characters or. Media with four characters, they usually follow the earth, air, fire, Perfect. water yeah. thing. The Golden Girls does it. The Fantastic Four does it. You know, any group of four will do it. And, you know, a clearly... dab will do you. But clearly, the, they, they couldn't figure out a good big four to actually do for the show. And so this show is a failure. It's usually... It's actually usually um, an even number. So it, it's it's four is like, about you know, the base. And then sometimes there's six, sometimes there's eight. But usually there's not... There's a big four core usually that yeah. work out, you know. Anyway, so moving like, on. Meredith this would the, be the, the garbage sign. This and, is uh, the first time that they uh, also George's introduced Earth. George as Bambi. 
Yeah. So uh, that's right. Uh, as as of course, yeah, we, we get a lot of that. We, we get a know, lot of first well, names. Yeah. You got Yang, Yang give, delivers her first, uh, and Yang seems to be the one who bestows the nicknames. She does. She's so the she bestows bestower. bestows Bambi, um, you know, and right after she calls him Bambi because and she clears up that it's you know basically because he's all happy and she's like you know she's like until your mother gets shot or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. something horrible. You know, and then. Um, and then we immediately get uh, our antagonist for, uh, from the pilot, Alex Karev, has been assigned to the team. So they've got the whole the whole gang's now together. The whole gang's all here. You know, and uh, Yang and Karev immediately hate each other. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I honestly feel like they were setting they, they were they were setting them up. Like I think Grey's Anatomy does this a lot with Karev, especially. Although they do it with a lot of characters, it's like they they I think they don't know. If they're gonna have characters be romantically involved, so they set up an angry flirt, mm. and like I feel like, I mean, I think they later decided there's no way Yang would ever end up with Alex, right. so they they kind of turn it later into they just hate each other. Right. But like it's set up in this one almost like it's like they're gonna end up falling for each other as like the oh they fight like cats and dogs, but they're gonna get together, you know, kind of thing. Um, so Harvey, could you not? So um. So yes. we move past that so point, past I that. guess, and, um, then, and that's when we get to the one of the one of the through lines of this episode, because Meredith is going go is going to see the chief, and she has a, a cooler with that penis in it, you know, because like you know, because she's going to drop it off there because the police are going to need it because they're going to you know when they find a guy who's missing his penis, you know, they're gonna they're going to basically you know have have their rapist, you know, right. like they're, they're going to do a Cinderella thing where they hold up that penis to all the missing penises that they find, and they try they to find attach it matches. to the right one, right? You know, like, but so, but you know, as as it turns out, the police aren't there yet, and we learn a little bit of I don't I assume this is true that you know like she Meredith is responsible for it, yes, until 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 because the police come. She was come, the collector. She, she of was the collector specimen. of the specimen. She is responsible to carry the specimen until the police. So basically. Throughout this episode, Meredith has to take a dick around like like a kid in She's in, in middle like, like 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 a kid in middle school who has like an egg or a bag of flour yeah. as their baby. She's got a dick baby that she's got to carry around all day. And I gotta say that was a that was a that was a non Chekhov's thing. Yes, there's a lot of shots where it looks like she's left the dick behind, but she never does. She never that, does. It's like it's like it, it's a cock tease, really. Yeah. And thank you for that. Thank you for that. <laughs> thank you for the growl there. Thank I deserve it. But like, yeah, it, it's like they, they keep they point. keep like they keep setting it up, and I feel I feel like maybe a more not mature because it's very mature <laughs> what I'm saying, but like a more like confident later season. I feel like someone would have lost the dick. George would have lost it if it was a dick. Yes, uh, you know. But I I feel like dick losing would have happened. Uh, you know, and you know. So, but that that's kind of Meredith's bag. This episode is Meredith has to walk around with a dick. All episode in, in like, a, a red cooler. And at the same time, she also notices, because she's having a bad day, because she's kind of empathizing with yeah. this, you know, girl in the shoes that are the same as hers, blah, blah, blah. So George... George takes her to see the babies. See the... See the babies. See the babies. You know. In the nursery, and, and, of course, she notices one of them is... Yeah. Going, right. Turning blue. Right. And um, to go... Um, also, and meanwhile... In the Yang and Karev B plot, um, they Yang and Karev have been assigned to go around all these patients and like kind of like discharge them. Discharge them. That th- they you know? think they're going to be surgical patients and they end up being fine, so they have to. Discharge so they have to go them. around. So they've got like all these patients they have to discharge, and but and they are the two least touchy feely uh, doctors, uh, you know, in the show. 
and they all are getting hugged repeatedly and like they're, they're they're depressed in. they're depressed because no like can anyone get sick so we can uh, do some surgery because right. they're awful people like everyone in the show this show basically teaches you that surgeons are awful people yeah you know like that want death like it's like they I don't want, want death they well, just want to be able to cut into you they right, want exactly. to cut yeah they don't I want death but they, they want, want they want you. the grim specter of death to be hanging over you, right? But then so they, they can save you. you. Yeah, they right. want to pull oh, you out. Oh, you know what? That's an abusive relationship, though. Well, yeah, I'm gonna tell you this right now. If I'm coming in to rescue you from all these things and you need me, that's I'm controlling you. Mm. They're abusively relating to the to the patients, is what I'm saying. But so, but but I wanted to say like the the moment when Yang gets hugged the first time, and the look on her face and her behavior, it reminded me of the first time we met. Oh yeah. Because uh, we we met. Um, you know, she was dating someone at the time that I knew. Uh, there's our little bit of woo. But uh, we met in a bar, and uh, she ran up and hugged me very tightly, like around. And you know, Ali's I was like, Ali's like, Ali's like a foot shorter than me, so I she was like hugging, right like her arms were like around like my waist near, like like the bottom of my rib cage, maybe. You know, but she's like full bore hugging me, and I and my arms were in the air because I was kind of like um, and so I'm like kind of gently tapping her back, like. Hello, and that's basically this. Like that's how I hug people. I, I like I I I try to give like an A line hug whenever possible, where we're just barely touching shoulders, you know, and our heads are leaned away. That's my favorite kind of hug to give. You know, it's like we, we can resemble sort of like the Eiffel Tower, but with also the heads moving farther away. So like an Eiffel Tower with the top split also. And uh, you know, I totally won him over with that hug. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just believe it. It's yeah. True. But like you know, like but Allie unfortunately put me in in the position where we were basically. You know, we were like kind of like a lowercase b where she was just clinging right to me and <laughs> like I'm just like standing ramrod straight trying to <laughs> you know avoid that. And that that's basically the hug she had. And it just it kind of it kind of uh you know like it just brought back memories. We also have another first appearance coming up. Yes. Uh although a different version of it. Um this hospital has a running thing and I feel like again if I were to play a Grey's Anatomy drinking game, uh one of the things I would do is uh, as Allie called it when we were pointing it out, the swan duck picture. Yes. There's this stylized, almost like Pacific Northwest tribal looking duck, you know, uh, thing. It's usually in black, but the picture is all over the hospital. This time it was in purple, mm-hmm. you know, but the, the purple one kind of disappears and they go straight to black. But it's like randomly, I, I feel like it's got to be an in joke with it the set decorators. It's got to be. Because it just shows up. It's there all the time. It's in the background of like, it's in the chief's office. Sometimes it's in a hallway. Sometimes it's in a patient's room. You know, like wherever they are, some like, it's like, there's no way this hospital has one piece of artwork that's in every room. And we probably could look it up because I guarantee that. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's on the Grey's Anatomy wiki that I discovered today, which is holy crap, way more detailed than. But we haven't looked at it yet. So, uh, or in fact, like gone searching for it. I mean, you you don't need to look at it to notice it. If you watch enough Grey's Anatomy, you'll just subconsciously be like, oh, that picture. Wait, I've seen, that picture wasn't there. That picture was in the hallway fight. It was in the other patient's Sometimes, and sometimes it's like multiple times in an episode. It's like that thing just is everywhere. Yeah. You know, keep going. So yeah, I guess. Um, and and then we get to the biggest first of all, the thing that even people who never watch this show know. We get the first appearance of the term McDreamy, McDreamy. once again bestowed by Yang, and also we get something that's not rarer than hen's teeth, but a fairly rare. You only get it every now and then. Thing is, when Yang delivers it, she delivers it in her Jewish voice. Because it's never, it's brought up only like a handful of times. It's no, it's brought up only a handful of times. But Christina's actually Jewish. 
Yes, but no, but she does like really that. A Jewish voice, like that's a little racist. No, it's a Jewish. It, it's the voice you use whenever you're doing. I'm playing a Jewish person. <laughs> Don't even tell me this because Ali is Jewish, and when, when we have a calendar, it's like the Jewish goyish calendar, and sometimes we'll read it to each other, and I'll do my "I'm a white guy" voice, and then Ali will be like, "I'll be like, you know, like, you know, I'll use this voice," and Ali will be like. Jewish, you, you, you throw on like an overly exaggerated New York Jewish voice. And that's the way she calls him, Dr. McDreamy. Yeah, she does. You know, so, uh, but, but the Jewish Yang drop, uh, that's a rare one. I, I, I want to say there's probably only like five or six times in the show that like we're, we're like, it's spaced out Her enough. Her name is Christina Yang. Christina Yang. And Christina, yeah. as I don't know how many Gentiles realize this, but you don't meet a lot of Jews with a Chris in their name yeah, because that's a Jesus name. Yeah. It didn't exist before Christianity. Correct. So like, it's kind of weird that this, you know, a Korean, obviously she's adopted, her father's Jewish. Is her mother Korean or is she adopted? I can't yeah, remember. Mother's Korean. So, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You, you meet her mother. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, her, like, so, so yeah, it is a biological father, but her father is Jewish. Her mother's Korean and she grew up in Beverly Hills. You also learn, you know, so and she also name drops all of the schools that she attended in her degrees, which I guess is in character for her because yeah, she's kind she of a totally stuck up that. nerd. But um, between the two, between all of them, it would be her or Karev that would be dropping. Yeah, the but Karev, but Karev, let's face it, Karev is not as celebrated yeah, academically. Right. Well, we yeah. find yeah, all Karev, that out. Later. Karev, Karev is kind of a guy who gets by by the skin of his teeth, you know. But the um, skin of his hen's teeth. Yeah. So. But yeah, so like yeah, you, you forget like Christina is brought up as being Jewish. Only after, like, I feel like it's like every now and then they're like, oh, shoot, we haven't mentioned she's Jewish in like a season and a half. If we don't mention it again, the audience is going to forget it because it's so, because she never, she's not religious and she never like really So that observes. actually hasn't been revealed yet, but she does use but that voice. But it is, voice. it is dropped in. Right. Yeah. Okay. So then Izzy is busy working in the pit. Yeah. Um, where she is, where she suturing. is inadvertently racist, by the yes, way. Yes, she is. And I think it's a nice moment. It, it is. It, it is actually a good moment because like, again, Izzy is, you, it's not, you don't learn this now. All you know about Izzy now is that she used to be a model yep. and she used that, I guess, to get her through med school. And the dude Like there's a drunk, it. there's a drunk guy that she's giving sutures to who's like, I know you were in that magazine. So she's done bikini modeling. Right. But you learn later, not in this episode, we, we learn that she's uh, actually kind of trailer trash. Yeah. Like she's from super poor upbringings and like she happened to be pretty enough to be a model and that's actually how she managed to drag herself out. And she's one of the only people who doesn't yeah. have debt. Yeah, she has, she has no, yeah, she has no, yeah, it's like, yeah, I think that when they make fun of her for that, she kind of goes, oh, yeah, well, I don't have a student loan debt. And they're all like, womp, womp. I mean, I know you think this is the only episode left that we're going to actually oh, yeah, talk I guess, about, so uh, we well, probably I'll, should wait on that. Yeah, we, we probably should. Bring it up. So, yeah, like, but so, but anyway, she's in there and there's a woman who's speaking only in Chinese. And I, the show never actually accounts for the fact, you know, like, that there's more than one language of Chinese. Like, right. That you, you, you know, it might, <laughs> like, that might not, like. Her ignorance of it, I think, is actually... But her, but her ignorance is yeah. never... No one ever says, well, we need to find someone... Like, no one ever says, is it Cantonese? Is it right. Mandarin? You know, like, it's just... Yeah. But she's... Like, she... This woman is speaking only in Chinese, and no one no one else knows how to do it. And she's got a... a, a, a her skin is sliced open on her arm, and she needs, obviously, to be sutured, which is Izzy's job for the day. But she, uh, you know, like, so she's trying to find help. She ends up calling Christina over, and she's like, can you talk to her? And she's like, like, what? You know... You know, like, yeah, like, like, you know, she's Chinese, and like, she's like, 
I'm Korean. Yeah, the only Chinese and I, I know- grew up in Beverly Hills. Yeah, the only Chinese I know is from like Mr. Chow's menu or something. Yeah. She, did, I don't think she actually said that. Did she? Yeah, she say- did. I thought she didn't say anything about that. Yeah, I thought she, she did. just. Oh wow, I don't remember. I just remember saying I'm Korean, and I grew up in Beverly yeah, Hills. Is all yeah. I remember. Did you make that up? Maybe no. You yeah. can go look. We can go right. look it up myself, yourself, myself. Look it up with something. So basically, the you know, like we. Get back. The A plot comes back in. Yes. I assume it's the A plot because it's Meredith, right. not her. But um, she's she's uh, stepping outside for a moment uh, because she's. I guess she's had like a. Oh yeah, she's. Oh, she saw the baby. Uh, she tried to. Yes, um, she tried to. She, help. she she tried to help a baby that looked that was getting cyanotic, and she was worried about it. And the and the uh, the 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 OB intern, intern, you know, who's not a surgical intern, and that's one of the rare times you see a non-surgical intern in the show. I think later on you see dermat well you see you see dermatology later, but you don't really get out of the surgery department mm-hmm. very often in the show, you know, which makes sense. Uh, you know, the other parts of the hospital aren't really as high stakes, life or death. You know, like yes. but um, but in the OB uh, section and the OB section basically never really comes back except in like the NICU, mm-hmm. you know, like where it's actually surgery. But um, but basically the the, the person the, the the OB intern is like uh, OB gynae as I believe they call it in the uh, industry in the uh, industry in the industry yes I mean that um, I'm not joking uh, basically is like yeah it's fine it's just a, you know it happens it's benign it'll it'll go away with age you know and and Gray's like are you sure it looks bad and you know she's worried and gets shut down so she uh, she sends um, keep going. Uh, oh, I see. Allie's, Allie's just like, keep going. But meanwhile, she's waving the quote from IMDb that has the line. So she's right. Yes, they did. They did actually say the only Chinese I know is from Mr. Chow's menu. You know. So, yes, you were right. God, thanks for throwing me off my game. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, Meredith's gone and she goes to Dr. Burke and he's like, um, I'm not. Nah, no, no, not unless I'm not. I'm not interfering. I'm he not getting involved. the rules. Rule follower man, and then, um, doctor man, and then Surgeon basically, doctor so great. So Meredith goes outside for a minute to be like, oh god, you know, and that's when uh, basically she sees a guy staggering, and we know it's important because it goes into slow mo. And this this guy staggers down. You see, he's got a bunch of blood on the front of his pants. Yeah, we and know we have a rapist. That's not. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's a really excited way to sing that. Um, you well, know, and I, I like to think about the fact that now, now admittedly, his name is apparently Vic, as I learned whenever oh, I was looking really? at it. But yeah, it's on the on the Gray's Would Gray's you like wiki. To put that on your. I, just, I just, well, I was, I was I was I was just about to say oh, is someone had to play dickless rapist <laughs> in the credit. Like that's Named like Vic. Well, I Vic mean, with no Vic dick. the dickless. Vic, Vic with no dick. Oh no! Yes, yes, sir. This man has no Vic. <laughs> so you know, Vicless Dick <laughs> goes. Um, I'm gonna pretend I meant to say that. Um, goes into uh, falls into the hospital. So boom, boom, shakalaka. They've caught their. They've got their suspect. I mean, yes. unless he's involved in an unrelated penis removal via mouth. Um, and then also, and at that point, like also. Right after that, Burke starts confronting the chief. Right. Because he's like, you know, Shepard. You know, he and Shepard have been talking earlier. And he's like, you know, how did you get Shepard, this big hot... And this is where you learn Shepard is, of course, uh, you know, king shit of fuck mountain, as I said last week. Up till this point, he was just the new doctor. Now he's yeah. king shit of fuck mountain, like all doctors. And Burke is like, you know, why would you bring in... And he's like, oh, he's an old student of mine. And it's like Burke puts two and two together and goes, oh, you're grooming him to be chief. I was always going to be chief. I was always your man. I, I like, and he's like, how talks about how great he is, 
And the chief, like, basically, like, gives him a, you know, oh, I'm not really sure. And I've got a long, like, he basically lays the smackdown on him in what I, you know, one of my favorite parts of the show. And the first time we get to see it, a fuck yeah, Chief Weber moment. Yeah. You know, I, again, Chief Weber is, uh, is second only to Bailey on the characters I like on this yeah. show. So it, there are, just so you know, it's a Bailey. And then there's fuck yeah, Chief. So you it's know, Bailey. Fuck yeah, Chief. Or sometimes I just go, Chief. Yeah. You know, and, and basically he shuts him down and says, do you want to know why I'm not going to let you? You know, and, and Burke just walks away, yeah. you know, and, you know. Burke didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so. He will find out later. Spoiler alert. So then we, we get, it. you know, we basically get to uh, another, another, early, another mainstay of the first season or so of Grey's Anatomy that you occasionally see with the new students. Yeah. Uh, the new interns, but it's the bitch session about how tired they are and how they don't know what they're doing and how everything sucks. Yes. You know, they're all sitting and whining, and George buys a pack of chips. Meredith walks by and takes them from him, and then they sit down, like, they like steals them from him. And then they sit down, and then Bailey just shows up, and they all run off to, to do their jobs, and Bailey sits down and steals her chips. She just cold steals the chips cold that Meredith stole from George. the chips. You know, and, uh, and then uh, Meredith goes up again, and she's... Like to the Ob Obigaini room, and she finds the parents of that kid, and she starts telling him her theory behind the doctor's back. Which, by the way, holy shit, I can't believe she didn't get in more trouble for this, mm-hmm. you know. But she get but she does she doesn't get in more in trouble because Burke shows up and has her back whenever they bring out Beardy, the Obigaini doctor, who will never be seen again. No, well maybe, you know. Anyway, I, I don't think he will. And and Burke shows up and basically just totally. Totally steals the patient from that, you yep. know, because apparently that was a resident. Yeah. The the OB gynae guy was a resident. Yeah. And like, I'm an attending. I do. I'm an attending. I, I do, do what, what I, I want. want. You know. And he Bert, does find out at this. Burke does find out why, because because uh, the chief does make a comment about how he never. Oh, that's why. Yeah. He never takes. You know. He never takes initiative. That's why yeah. he, he asks why, and that's because you never take initiative. You never do more than you need to. You just you get comfortable. You get comfortable, and you're and you're complacent and whatever, and you. And the chief's right. Burke's kind of an asshole. And, and this you learn, Burke, and, and Burke's even only doing this because he wants to be chief, I think. Yeah. You know, he's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. I mean, later on, Burke softens a bit, but, like, he's kind of a dick. But he, he's an asshole, but he's our asshole in this moment because he's right and evil little stupid Meredith is right, you know. Backs so up Meredith. Backs up Meredith and blah, 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 you know. And meanwhile, um, Izzy... Finally, had to let that woman go. Uh, the Chinese she does, woman. She does. She does. She sutures, sutures her, and like she finally released her. But the woman was still in the hospital. Yeah. And she was going outside. She looked really confused and whatever. And it's and, pouring and, rain. And, and it's pouring rain. And Izzy's like, wait, wait. And she follows her, and we find out there's another. There's a woman out there. It's her daughter. It's her daughter. I, you know, and she's got an injury on her head. The other woman was on her arm, and so Izzy's like, holy crap, we got to get you inside. And the woman's like, no. And she's like, oh, you speak English. You know, and she's basically, she's undocumented. Yeah. And she's, like, terrified that she's going to get arrested. And he's just like, we don't have to tell them, you know, we'll just go in and fix you. You know, I need, a, you know, and she's like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And, like, she's just bleeding out of her gash. So we've got the Hippocratic Oath kicking in here. And Izzy being the soft touch character, you know. You know, the Rose, if you're talking of uh, the Golden Girls. Yes. Uh, you know, she, Izzy being our Rose, you know, she goes... She goes running in, like, and she she's like, stay there, you know, and she goes running in and steals a bunch of uh, of supplies to for suturing, 
you know, and runs back out. And she's she's like complaining about working in the dark yeah. and everything like that, which is kind of funny because really like the lighting in this hospital everywhere, as we said last week, is such that it wasn't, it was only slightly, it was slightly darker than the rest of the hospital would have been. she was outside. I know, but the joke was like, yeah. I work in the dark. It, it's, it's dark as hell in the hospital, you know. So, uh, so anyway, Burke, turn, it turns out Meredith was right and she has to, and, she, and they have to operate on the baby and Burke, Tells her to scrub in, and she thanks him, and he basically gives her a dressing down of, you know, oh, motherfucker, you know, like yeah. yeah, don't do this again. Yeah, this you is know, it. this is the last time. Which is, I'm glad he did, even though that he's even though she was right, because the way Meredith was right was actually in kind of the worst way possible, yeah. which is not like actually like paying attention. Like she shouldn't have been right. She's a two day intern, right? You know, she's on her, like her second shift ever. <laughs> you know, you know, so. I guess we're we're, we're we're wrapping up. Uh, there's a few more things. Uh, you know, like basically Burke and Bailey walk into each other, and they have like a, a whole bit where um, Bailey kind of um, Burke asks ba- Bailey. Burke asks Bailey, you know, and she's like, "You're my boss. I'm not going to tell you this." You know, like he you wants know, to know if if, if he's really arrogant if he's really if like, he comes off as arrogant, yeah. and he's like, "Okay, for the next thirty seconds, you say what you want," you know, and she pauses for a, like a, a, a moment, and and then she just basically starts just dressing yeah, him really down, great. and I again. Bailey, Bailey chewing someone out is Bailey. is really like if there's a YouTube highlight reel of just Bailey chewing people out. Oh, you know you, you know out. you're gonna get tweeted about that. Yeah, if someone could send me happen. that link. I that's my bet. That's the best part of the show, and I will. I I like they're all assholes, and I love when Bailey explains to them why they're assholes, and I love it because he's like, okay, yeah, I get it, you know, and she's like, no, 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 I have 22 more seconds, and I am not done. And, and and she and and it fades out as she's still as she's still dressing him down. Um... Then um, you know, there's some moments with the, the the woman who's been severely beaten has been close to death the whole episode, and they've been very worried. And Meredith is there, you know. Meredith is, uh, you know, like I mean, I'm sorry, Derek finally sees her wake up, and he's super happy. Yes. And Meredith is like, like, kind of like freaked out about the babies. You know, like she's like, I can't believe, you know, like she she talks to him for a minute, you know, and I, I can't remember the exact context, but basically Derek says, you know. Talks about how, like, he grew up with four sisters and they all have tons of kids and they're all super girly, you know. So he's used to this kind of thing. And I was like, what the? Wait, show? Okay, Derek, you're lying. You may have three super girly sisters. But as we learn later, one of his sisters is definitely childless and definitely not very girly. And definitely not sober at the moment he's talking, telling the story. Well, so, no, I, I think she, I don't think she got into her craziness yet. She's not quite there yet. Well, she's not in the show yet. Right. I'm saying... But in the in a parallel universe, she's actually in Oh, yeah, practice. she's on Private Practice, yes. a show I've never watched and never will. So, um, so my understanding is that that hasn't quite happened. Although yet. every time uh, Kate What's-Her-Fart is on, Kate Walsh is on, I do like to make the joke that I'm leaving for private practice. Yeah. He, you know, which is a terrible joke, but it makes me happy. I'm so glad for you. You know, so, um, so we end up wrapping back up and there's that, that terrible song by... Keen, I believe, is the band that did it. It's this awful fucking song, which I knew independently of Grey's Anatomy, which is very rare. You know, most of the songs on the show, I was already, like, not paying attention to popular music. Right. I was already, like, 30, basically, and done with paying attention to current music. You know, I'm set in my ways, you know. Uh, I only listen to obscure punk and glam music from the 70s. You know, to hell with all of you. You know, but... um. 
But like, thankfully, the one the one good thing about Meredith's narration is every time she talks, the music got a little quieter. Because mm. Jesus Christ, it was like an insufferable song and an insufferable. And Meredith of course, Grey. at the end of this episode, she finally allows Izzy and George to move in with her. So yeah, so let, so we now up. we've we've finally uh, we we've set up the whole team. We feel like we feel like she's found her tribe. To some yeah. degree, and yeah, it's all good. And yeah. I, I do, I do have to say that that if they were going to use a, a a title of first cut is the deepest, it I really it. was. It was the I, first. It was the cut. first of a lot of things. Yeah, it was the, yeah, it was the uh, first time I had to do a second episode of a Grey's Anatomy podcast. Yep, yep. The first time I had to endure you the first. enduring the second episode of the Grey's Anatomy yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's it's the, it's the first last episode we have of uh of our. <laughs> Of our uh, Grey's Anatomy podcast, Aww. it's it's okay, honey. Everybody's expecting much more from you. I well, uh, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's letting people down. So we want to we want to see you bleed hate oh, on a podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm basically I'm like a horned toad, just shooting hate out of my eyes in the form of blood. It's delightful. Or blood out of my eyes in the form of hate, or uh, so. Whatever. So if you would like to, um, you know. Uh, make sure that this continues uh you can find us at uh on the twitters uh at uh i'm at ali a-l-i underscore goodman and uh this dude over here is at hitler puncher we should do like a uh, a patreon or something to make people pay me for doing this you know because i i just I, I feel like i should monetize my own suffering yeah, you go right. We are gonna, yeah. We we probably won't set that up anytime soon, but yeah, I think I'm gonna try monet- and set that. We're up. not monetizing this. No, I'm not saying. Look, if people can choose to support this, so that. So uh, you want like a donate button? That's what a Patreon is. Uh. You, hi, my name's John Walter, and I'm gonna have to explain what this is to to my wife when we get off the air. <laughs> so this, so you want a donate button on our? Let's just say button. that because you, it's easier than explaining it right now. So you want a donate button. You could not sound like an older, more out-of-touch person than right now. (laughs) And I'm a guy who just said that it's been over a decade since I paid attention to popular music. So, okay. And um, we will be setting up, uh, we may, by this I hear that girl from Destiny's Child has a new album named after a fruit drink. I feel like we should probably have our, our Facebook page up by this point but we'll see what happens if that well, actually that's up happens. to you i know that's on you're me. setting up the facebook page. and you are setting up the the twitter right hey yeah i guess i handle will. okay i don't know what it is yet it's probably going to be hard Grays night but or hgn podcast probably whichever because that's shorter yeah we'll see uh, we'll see just just search for it search, on twitter and see yeah. if it see if it exists yet exists um yet. i doubt we'll be doing anything fun on it anyway because uh you know again this podcast is over why would we we're not doing another episode so right. why why would we actually have um, that um i i also i i I, I just today finished, and you'll have seen it already, uh, but I just today finished our, our logo, and Allie and I put together our, our theme song. I'm super proud of, well, both, I guess. I'm really proud of he the He put a lot of work in for put something that's only going to be two that. episodes of a podcast. Yeah, I know. So but, a lot of credit. And, and the best thing is it's going to be something that you only really see on like a one and a half inch square probably on your phone. <laughs> But, but, if you, um, but if you expand it, it's actually... I have to say, you did a very good job. Yes. I'm impressed. Yes. I'm impressed Especially considering I don't know how to use Photoshop or GIMP, I guess. You did a very good job. I don't, have, I don't know how to use the free Photoshop open source software very well because I'm inept. Very pretty. You yeah. did very good. Yes. Very good job. So uh, right, now so we're just that, wrapping it up. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, This has more endings than The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. we, don't have a, we, don't have a, we don't have a catchphrase and over and out yet, you know, do we? You do. What was it? You don't remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Do you I remember do. now? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to our uh, Hard Gray's Night. Kiss off. Kiss off.